This is They Said I'm Funny. This is your host, Adam Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Marino. And we have brought back last week's guest, Bernard Blackman. Yeah, and this is our, our roundtable. Um, I still have not, we have we discussed many times for just accuracy. We, we don't want to be one of those like media formats that lies right. to our audience. So we, uh, we full lie. disclosure, it's a rec- still a rectangle table, but... <laughs> Um, Some people were upset about that. Yeah, they were in the comment yeah. section. You said it was an erect table. Erect, a rectangle. <laughs> oh, that was two weeks ago. Rectangled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, uh, as as maybe new listeners who don't know, you know, last week we had our interview where we learned about uh, Bernard and his his background and and why he decided to do stand up comedy. Um, it was inspirational and and a little sad and um, a lot more discussion about cocaine than most of our episodes, <laughs> but, um, it was, it was a good discussion. And, and now we're going to, we're going to talk about something that both Justin and I admire about Bernard, which he beats himself up for not writing jokes, but we admire his, uh, crowd work and yeah. his improv, the ability to, to, to just get up there with, with m- whether it's just some ideas in, in your head or, you just go up there and you just talk. Um, it's it's a skill that Justin and I don't have, and a lot of comics either don't have or think they have and don't have. <laughs> yeah, that's so, also true. So you're doing it well. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. My my whole point is, if I feel awkward, I want to make you feel more <laughs> awkward than me. So yeah. So, so my first question is, um, and I, I've gone up on stage a few times where I've got my set, but you know, like maybe Justin had did something silly or something and okay well he was the last comic let me tell this joke but it's not like completely improvised on the spot like i i had while he was up there i was thinking oh i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and it's gonna get a laugh sometimes it doesn't but sometimes it does are you when you say you you don't write jokes do you have stuff that you've thought about like throughout the whole week you know, when you say improv, you mean you're not you. You've got jokes in your head, but you just haven't written them down, or or do you sometimes like? Are you going up there and just? Well, yeah, it's two things. So for so most times, you know, like I said, I really don't write down jokes. Um, I might you know have something I'll you know think of something random and be like, oh, okay, I don't know how I'm gonna get to the punchline. I don't know what the joke is. I just know that I want to talk about the subject. Um, that's one. And then two is just watching the other comedians go up before me or just looking at the crowd and see who's doing what. And I'll just be like, Hey, that seems kind of interesting. And let me just talk about it. Especially when somebody's in the crowd and they lock, like when they lock eyes with you, like when I lock eyes with somebody and I see them laugh, I know they're a little engaged. So now it's just like, for me, I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm going to get something out of this person. Let me say something to them or let me bring up something that would make them laugh because if they laugh, then maybe everybody else will laugh and not look at me. They'll look at them and you know, so yeah, yeah sometimes that works. I feel so like, that, hel- yeah. that helps with your crowd work, like based on like participation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, because I mean, cause, um, like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause you don't want to work. You, you don't want to lean into a table mm-hmm. that's not having any yeah. of yes. it because then they're not, like, Hey, anybody have any jobs and they're just sitting there with yeah. a straight face like not seen for example alex do that recently mm-hmm. where there was a table that was kind of yeah i didn't want they were laughing names, a little bit but, but he tried to interact with them they were not no and he could not get him to get them to like it was it was kind of awkward it was funny because i love awkward but you know like and, and that's something that i i've never really because 
when I first started doing stand up, especially I was doing a lot of open mics at Cap City, the old Cap City, and there's you know, it's a traditional comedy club, small room with the bright lights at your face. And I was always taught, you know, you you're it's gonna be hard to see anybody but the first row because the lights are so bright, the rest of the room's dark. Just pretend like you can see people, like pretend you're making eye contact. In a room like Corky's, it's it's well lit. Yes. It's, I mean it's not super bright, but it's it's you can see every single face Everybody. in the bar. And I've I always do the I'm gonna look back and forth, but not really like make any eye contact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I want maybe the next time I do stand up is mm-hmm. to to make eye contact, you know, and not just the comedians that I know mm-hmm. because that's easy. Yeah, sure. Yes. And maybe just even if it's not a joke, yeah, just be like, "Am I right, sir?" or something like that. Inform that you know, and and that's something that I've. I think I've known, but I've never like you. You said that, and it kind of hit in my head. I need to. You I know need what? to do that. And, and and for me, like you know, I mean, like you guys have been doing this for a while, and you know, I mean, you guys still get nervous sometimes when you go up there. hundred oh, percent. And for me, like you know, you'll say your first first opening joke or whatever, right? And you know, you'll get some laughs, but there's always that one person that thinks it's funnier than than what you even expected it to be. And so, I sometimes what I do is I'll lock onto that person, or I'll lock onto somebody that's intriguing in the crowd, somebody that's a little different, whether it's their looks or whether you know whether they're not laughing, but they're paying attention to you. And it makes it easier for me um, because now I feel like I'm having a conversation with that person. And you know, sometimes when you have conversations with people. You do a lot of hand movement. You do a lot more yeah. gestures than where you're on stage, and you're thinking like, "Oh, I'm performing, so I gotta," you know. So it just makes it makes it more like, "Okay, I'm talking to this person. Let me talk to them for a couple seconds. Now I'm comfortable. Get back to the jokes." I uh, and because I'm not a big improver, this is advice that I heard that I'm passing along, not personal advice. Mm-hmm. But when you are improving and it's obvious, like if if you're improving and it seems like it's a joke, it, it probably doesn't apply, but if you're interacting with somebody, their threshold for whether it's funny or not goes down mm-hmm. because they can tell you're you're just going off off the cuff mm-hmm. and you're interacting with them and it's personalized. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, and I fall into it, you, you get nervous. I'm not going to be funny. They're not going to like it. Like I said, they're going to be more lenient with you when they think you're just talking with them as a, mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're doing a prepared bit. And exactly. so it, it's, it's almost like less of a stressful thing. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, you can move on. And it yeah. was just like a, you know, Oh, I just interacted with the crowd. It wasn't that funny. It didn't, that joke didn't work, you know, or you can call it out. Like I've done improv where I yelled at a table, you got to listen to this joke, stop yeah. talking. <laughs> and then I tell the joke and it bombs and I'm like, well, I apologize. You should have just kept, you know, like I think, it is still intimidating to me, but I think that there is a certain level of, like you said, it you're forming that bond and it's a different level of expectation yeah. once you do that because yeah. you know, they, they want you to do, do well and they like that they're part of the show. And yeah, I'm going to tell you. So a lot of times, you know, when I get, when I get stuck in places and when I'm like, okay, when I get stuck where I don't know what I want to say, you know, and I do find that person that does find that eye contact and I talk to them, now I can make that situation so awkward that they have to laugh. Like, you know, it'll be something out of left field. Like I had a guy um, on, on one, one open mic. I, I didn't know what the hell I was trying to say. And I was just like, uh, shoot. I was like, what was that next joke? I was like, sir, are you gay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he, he obviously was a little flamboyant. I mean, 
you know, which is fine, which is, is great, you know. And for me, you know, I'm a heterosexual male and I'm asking him, is he gay, right? And so now the crowd is kind of like into it, like, okay, where are you going with this? Because, dude, you're going to get canceled. And he's like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm like, no, I was like, I'm just asking. I was like, I was like, sir, because you're dressed nice. And I was like, I just got a question for you. Like, would you fuck me? And, and, and so nobody was expecting that to come. So now I got people kind of intrigued because it's like, okay, wait, you're a married guy with four kids and you're asking if this gay guy would fuck you. And now you guys are having this conversation and I can just kind of feed off that. And it really took my anxiety away. Yeah. It literally took my anxiety from forgetting the jokes that I wanted to say. And now I'm having a conversation with him and then I can hop back into my jokes. And then later on, maybe say something to him again. You know, yeah. it, it really helped out a lot. I mean, I think that that's what saved me most times is, is that. It's interesting, and I'm so glad we picked this topic. It is interesting to listen to you talk about working through your stuff on stage because I almost feel like you're doing an entirely like different thing that I'm doing because I'm writing a joke. I'm trying to remember in a lot of my jokes, whether it's because it's the type of person I am or if it's because just the type of jokes I write, like I... I can have some leeway in certain parts of the joke where I don't have to say the words exactly the same, but a lot of my punchlines, if I don't say it the, the way that it should be said, it kind of messes up the rest of the joke. And, mm -hmm. and, and to hear you talk about, like, I, I'm up there and I can't think of, you know, like I'm stuck, I, you know, because you don't have, you know, like I've never, I don't get stuck be, um, mm -hmm. because I've always got my notes. If it's a joke, if it's a, a set that's new or, a lot of um, one-liners there's no stuck it's like but if these jokes aren't hitting how do i yeah do i move on to something different or whatever and, and to, to it's like an almost entirely different yeah, art form. set of skills yeah. and art it, it is very interesting uh it comes from me just spending too much time by myself um, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I mean, I just spend entirely too much time by myself. Like people think like I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. I'm really an introvert. Like if I'm out, like I could be the life of the party if mm. I'm out. But that's just me being, that's just me dealing with my anxiety because I already feel uncomfortable. So now I have to make other people feel uncomfortable. And I think that's where a lot of my improv comes from is just me like trying to make a situation um, more comfortable for myself. So I, say what I'm thinking mm. and possibly because I'm a little crazy. Too. <laughs> yeah. And you would think, and I, I, f I feel like I hear a lot of comics when they, uh, talk about their past, like they're introverts and to get on the stage, it's like a level of control. They can be extroverted because logically, if you don't know this about a lot of comics, you would think, okay, well, Bernard's going up on stage and he is just, Improving, he's crowd work like he's got to be and like he can't be this introvert that is nervous around talking like that yeah i've never seen that on stage. like for my for my i have a lot of the same anxieties but it has not led me to like be more loose or or improv on stage it's it, it really it it's pushed me more into the prepared and i have to I have to fight to get out of that all prepared material all the time. It's just interesting to see like the different path and the, you know, like it, I don't know, to me, it's fascinating the way the, the difference in, in different people that have a lot of the same in some areas were very similar 
and it's led to these different I'm just outcomes. Weird. Yeah, I'm just weird, and I, I don't. I think that's another thing. I'm just weird because I don't fall into like any box in life. Like, like I, I try not to fall into any box in life. Like people would never realize like NSYNC is my favorite group of all time. Like better than Nickelback. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like Nickelback too. Mm. You know, I listen. I mean, I listen to everything, and 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 I don't subscribe to just one anything in life. Like you know, people would see me and be like, oh, he must you know just listen to rap or you know. Or whatever the case may be. That's not even it, man. I watch everything on TV. And I think that's where a lot of my crazy thoughts come from. Because, like, I watched all my children till I was, like, 20-something, man. Like, especially, like, oh, man, I, yeah, I used to have to record it. Like, DVR, all my children. <laughs> Did that start being overseas? No, no. Oh, okay, no, I, no, this is, I started watching all yeah. my children when I was, like, 10. I used to have to record it for my mom during the summertime yeah. on VHS. So, you got through the hardest pornography yeah <laughs> and it was like i need something all my children all, all my, my children. children one life to live poor charles because it's the Hospital. drama and the relationships it's not the just the the penis is going into vaginas yeah. it's oh, like yeah. I gotta the have drama a ba- the, yeah. yeah the body doubles the twins the yeah. aliens abductions i gotta have a backstory like even though I'm, I'm pretty sure if i did watch porn i would have to have like story porn like i couldn't just have just straight knock at the door hey ma'am let's get it get it on like for me this like, was a good time to quit yeah there was a lot of incest yeah when oh, i was what? when i was <laughs> where did that yeah, go every porn no is like a grandpa and his his step granddaughter or something it's like, like super every weird porn. like Really? For no yeah. reason. Yeah, every, every title everyone. has yeah. like stepsister comes. They could do like yeah. a billion different scenarios, but it's all like a stepfather. I, we do yeah. not know. That's yeah. been trending for so what, this a few is, years So this now? is new porn? Yeah, for a couple of years at yeah, least. It's been no way. And it's going less from the step to like just... The actual? Yeah. <gasps> well, it's just the name and the title. They're not really no, related. Right. They're I they're know, not, yeah. but, but they're still weird. It's just dumb. That's weird that that's the idea. I blame the millennials. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the most boomer thing mean? I've ever said. I don't know. I, <laughs> I've heard that I'm a, a what do they call it, a late or early millennial? I'm a Gen Z or whatever Gen X. I don't know what I am. I thought you were in your. 30s. I think it's all just no. I'm in my 40s. Yeah, I'm gonna be 46 next month. Yeah, my wife asked me earlier when we were driving here. She was like, "How old is he?" I was like, "I think he's 45," but I thought he was younger than that. Is your wife in the car or were you on the phone? Oh no, yes, no. She was. She she dropped me off. I can't drive. Well, we were. No, they, they went to they went to IHOP. We thought that it was a. Uh, well, that does make sense. You have yeah. a, a, your bunion removed. Yeah, <laughs> we thought like you were coming up and like it was just, just like random. Like, like you random? were just picking up women, just walking. Man, listen, let me. Tell You're you handsome. Something. So oh it, well, thank we you. That, let me yeah. tell you, and it's a gift and a curse. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not. I don't. I still don't think I'm handsome, but females think they're handsome. So like this past like year and a half, when I've been trying to find myself, I have uh, done some some not good things. Um, when it comes to women and I have gotten my life together and my wife knows about it. So we're in a good space now. Good. So yeah, we're in a really good space because these women were in my inbox and they were telling me how handsome I was. And then I started sending DPs mm. and then it was a wrap after that. And I had lost myself for a while. Are you a hundred percent positive? Those weren't Instagram bots. I am 100%. I just want to make sure I met him in real yeah. life. Okay. okay. <laughs> Never mind. We can edit that out if you want. No, yeah. no, she knows. Okay. She knows. <laughs> but I'm glad you were able to work through that. Yeah. So I get this question kind of goes for both of you. I've never sent a DP. <laughs> Yet. He still said time. his wasn't yeah. small. Oh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> it's, it's not big either. Yeah. It's average. Yeah. Regular? Average. People like average. It's just regular. Yeah. No. Well, I read somewhere, and I think it's true that like, 
the average vagina is only like six inches long. So anything beyond that is just a waste. Halfway there. No, that's what I heard. Uh, the yeah. Av- no, the other yeah, average. You just put it in twice. You're good. Yeah, no. So the, av- <laughs> the, the average vagina is not that deep. Yeah. It is not that technically bigger. <laughs> <laughs> technically, bigger penises are not supposed to go in there like that. Then if you do, you're supposed to only go a little bit in. I don't know where this conversation is going, <laughs> but. <laughs> That's a weird talk. Yeah. Okay. Well, sex somehow this is Gary. <laughs> yeah. Somehow yeah, this is Gary's sex ed. This is the birds and the bees talk for Gary. Somehow this is more creepy than the uh, yeah. the chaos magic coming on yeah. sigils. Yeah. Sigils. Let's, let's go back. What were we yeah. talking about? Improv. Oh, so yeah. my so my question was, and and I think this is it. It uh, the question is for both of you, but I think it, it's more inspired by Bernard's comedy style. Like how much of your comedy style is actually your personality like when you're at work because i i've had a bot like my boss recently was like you you barely you don't laugh at anything you know you're super quiet and it's like i've learned through being in the army and just working is that when i'm at work i don't talk to mm-hmm. anybody unless i have to i kind of keep to myself i might have like one or two people that i'll joke around with but for the most part i just keep my head down to stay out of trouble like so my personality when I'm around you guys or around my friends is different than at work. But it, like, is your personality on stage the same? Different? Does it does it help with your improv or or not improving? Or can I go first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, uh, more recently, my most recent uh, principal saw me like on the Fox Dog Flyer, and um, so we had a show out there. I think last summer. So she had hired me, and then she was like, "I just hired that guy. I need to see him." So I'm like. I'm nervous because that's my yeah. boss. And so it was a PG-13 show. It was a it was a great show. My daughter did stand up. Uh, yes. she did a single joke. She's 5. It wasn't oh, much that's of a still joke. Great. Um I have her autograph on a on a page in my notebook with like <laughs> fingers and butt jokes and stuff and then your daughter's signature. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. And um she hasn't done it since. She has noticed I'm not going to force her yeah. to, but um she she thought it would be fun while she was there. Anywho, so b- because that happened, I was lucky enough to where like I felt like my supervisor, my boss, whatever, had already seen like the stage me, the real me, or whatever. And necessarily not real. Obviously, we're making up these stupid ideas, these yeah. absurd ideas, and hoping that people enjoy them. <laughs> um, but I think that's helped our working relationship mm-hmm. because like I can. Yeah joke with her and like other people at work that are you know see the the flyers on facebook or whatever that's good and so um yeah i'm at a good i'm at a good place um work-wise just like i, I love yeah. the people that i work with and i can't joke and be myself do they expect for you to tell jokes all the time though no not really like i'll slide something in yeah. like at lunch during yeah. conversation yeah but and you know usually something like being a smart ass yeah you know whatever but for the longest time, it, it was sitting back and listening. But I think that's coming from the observational point of comedy. It was like we, we're, we're going to take in a lot mm-hmm. before we put in, give our opinion or write this little silly idea down. And so um, a lot of other older people that I, I mean, people that I worked at, at previous jobs were like, what, you do that? Like, <laughs> you're the quietest guy. Like, yeah. And so it's yeah. interesting. Oh, that's cool. You know, I think with me, it's kind of, you know, I'm, again, you know, uh, 
I try to be the perfect guy, but um, I'm in a leadership position, sort of, you know, and at work, you know, there's only, I can do a lot of joking if I want to, and I do, not as far as, like, telling jokes, but just more of my responses, um, you know, but I have to be professional with those responses, so I don't even, I don't even uh, get anywhere near a line. Mm. I don't get anywhere near a line. It's not know? worth it. No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. You know, if I'm telling the joke, it's a funny joke. Hey, can I go? Then somebody asks me, hey, can I go home early today? I'm like, uh, yeah, you can go home. What time are you supposed to get off? You know? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I get off at, you know, three o'clock and it's two o'clock. I'm like, yeah, you can leave at 257. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll do stuff yeah. like that. But as far as any sexual religion, um, you know, in any of any of the stuff that we joke about on stage, I will not do it at work. And uh, yeah, I will not at all. This was some weird advice on as far as like when I was still part of the dating scene. Um, avoid rape. Religion. <laughs> it's an acronym. <laughs> That's a good first date I advice. That, yeah. I wish you would have told. Wish you would have told me that twenty-two years ago. It's I'm just a, kidding. Bad joke. <laughs> it's an acronym. Religion, abortion, politics, economics. Hmm. Who made that up? That is a terrible. That is horrible. That is that is not a good. I mean, it's good advice, it but it's a bad advice. acronym. That <laughs> is horrible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't talk about those things <laughs> at work. I'm never I'm never going to forget it now, but that's good. actually really good actually. I'm never going to forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for for me, I feel like so when I'm around friends like you guys or they're the people at work that are closer to my age, they're more conservative, they're older. I don't necessarily feel as much as common with them. I, I get along more with like the the more the lower level like help test guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's that part of my personality when I'm comfortable around people that's like I can improvise, I can throw in a joke or whatever. And mm-hmm. then I have when I'm around people I don't know or, or the work people or whatever where I'm super quiet, I'm professional, I just do this. And I feel like on the stage, it's like a almost like the worst of both worlds because like I get nervous. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so, you know, like I'm obviously up there joking, but I'm not... But I'm also not as comfortable as I would be around friends. Yeah. And it's like, it's in the middle. And I wish I could be, and I guess that, because I always try to have a goal every set or whatever. I'm going to try, even if it's just a dumb remark, I'm going to try to look at somebody in the face and say, hey, whatever. Yeah. And No, and I thought yeah. what he had mentioned earlier was excellent advice to find. I need to do better at that. I don't, I don't really, I've been trying to rewatch some of my videos and I don't really know where my eyes go. Like I, eye contact's not a big part of my stage presence mm-hmm. or whatever, but I, I do need to do that. And th- and then kind of hone in on tables that you know, or mm-hmm. people, groups of people that you know that are like here for it kind of thing. And then kind of focus. Cause I think that will just kind of build yeah. more positive energy. And one thing that I have learned, stay away from the loudest people. Oh, yeah, because they okay. will not shut the fuck up. Peanut. You give them the opportunity to talk, they will just keep talking. Shout out Peanut. Yeah, shout out Peanut. We had this guy named Peanut and when we did one at Old Ladies. And mind you, Peanut was a very nice guy. And he wasn't overly, like, just... He wasn't rude or... No. But... He wanted to be part of the show. He definitely wanted to be a part yeah. of the show. And I, I look back at that... I look back at my 10, 15 minutes that I did on that night, and it's like Peanut was in like six minutes of it like i mean it revolved around him 
you know, and, and, you know, like I said, when it's for me, when it's finding that pe- that person in the crowd, find the person that's, that's laughing, but they're not laughing or talking. Yeah. Overly. They're not trying to do too much. Yeah. I feel like looking back at, and it's not every, like every favorite moment I have from comedy involves talking to people, but I've had multiple times, really good sets. Like one was at Corky's. I don't remember if it was a showcase. It had to have been a showcase or maybe I was hosting because I feel like it was longer than, you know, five minutes or four minutes or whatever where I, I do a, just a terrible joke about uh, anti-vax and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a joke that is bad on purpose. And I asked if anybody in the audience was an anti-vaxxer and there was these two couples or like two guys and three girls or something like a young and I think the guy was pointing at the lady and I kind of had a little conversation with her and I would not like, I just kept hammering at, Mm -hmm. you know, like just going back to her and talking about like how dumb she, you know, like that Mm -hmm. and in a playful way. And at the end of the show, I was hosting. I don't remember what it was, but I was hosting. I remember now at the end of the night, I was like, give yourselves a round of applause. And then everybody clapped. And I said, except for the dumbass who doesn't believe it or something (laughs) to that effect. But it was not in like a, I mean, it was mean, but it was like in a playful, mean no. way. But it was an example of what we were talking about, yeah. where you you identify somebody, you they are clearly in on it, so they're not going to get mad or, mm-hmm. or yell or just kind of damp, put a damper on the mood. They're playing along with it. That whole table was being silly about it. And so it is. it is one of those things where I'm like, I've done it. How come I don't try to do it more often, you know, and I think I'm just in my head too much about I got to remember this joke. I got to get all these jokes in before I get the light, and you know. So yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's definitely going to be different in in with the open mics, though, right? Like, I mean, because I mean, you guys are there. And I say you guys are there to work your material, you know. And I know that you know, especially if you have shows coming, you guys definitely want to get through it and work work that part of it. Um, uh, I think you know maybe we need to find somewhere or not find somewhere, but have a way where we can maybe do seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one, maybe once a month we can say, Hey, you know, first 10 to sign up or something, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, and, and that way, so we can work it and we're not trying to rush through the jokes and you can try to have some crowd participation or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it is a disadvantage of being like in this area is that there. You know, if, if we were up in Dallas or Austin or some other big city, you could do most nights a couple of open mics. Mm-hmm. And in Austin, there's some nights where you can do three open mics. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, like a lot of them are only three minutes. Some of them are four minutes. There are opportunities with more time. But when you have more access to stage time, you can be a little more free with that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I'm not blaming anybody but myself, I, I'm too old and too tired to drive to Austin. You know, I could go down there. It's not that far, but I, you know, tried, you know, when I'm doing, when I'm on my game, do classy on Mondays, quirky's on Wednesdays, but that's 10 minutes a week. You know, that's not a lot of time, but if I don't need to improvise my entire set, but if I can just form a bond with somebody or, or, or make a comment to an audience member somewhere in my set and just make it a habit, when when I do have that longer set, or maybe when I have an open mic where I'm like, this is working, fuck it, I'm just gonna throw out, you know, I'll have a few one-liners in, in my pocket to fill in the space, but let me just bullshit with these people and, and have a good time. And I've done that a couple of, there's been a couple of open mics probably around Christmas time where everybody's on vacation and there was not a lot of people there. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to roast everybody. I'm going to uh, do a few dumb one-liners and talk about people in the audience. And Can I ask y'all this yeah. question, both of y'all? I mean, I'm, what what is, is you all's like goal to do like uh, uh, a special? Oh, and, and, and that's the first question. Then the second question is, if you, you know, if you are like planning to do like a 20, 30 minute special, do you see yourself incorporating a lot of crowd work in there? For me personally, no. Like I would want, I think I'm around, I'm hovering around the, the longest I've gone, I think is like 24, 25 minutes. Okay. And so that, that, and that was me like scraping the bottom of my barrel. Like this is brand new. I don't know if it's going to work, but things are going well up until this point. And so that's, that's something I just need to work on personally because I start out strong and then I'm just, <laughs> um, just tank yeah. from there. Um, but no, I want, I want if I if it's self-produced, which is obviously more than likely will be, um, then I want it to be a a solid tight thirty, like okay. where you're like shit, like I enjoyed this mm-hmm. from beginning to end, and then. But the thing about that that I'm learning, like comedy wise, like once that's out there on YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is, I can't use any of that stuff anymore. Yeah. So I need to I need to be prepared hmm. to move on from there if if it is. Um but I mean I've I've seen I saw David Tell a few weeks back, maybe a few months back. I have no real concept of time. <laughs> um so David I don't know if you're familiar with David Tell. Um he's yeah he's a a bigger name as far as like comedians go but he had his 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and then he did about 15 minutes of crowd work okay um and so i I mean some that might be formulaic like he might have had 45 minutes of material but he was booked for an hour so let me so i i think that's amazing that he's able to you know make that part of his well he's been doing comedy for oh, yeah. probably 30 years now yeah. so or 20 or whatever so he's got if the crowd work's not working he's got jokes right. that he it can pop in he can go know? back and yeah. forth yeah. easily yeah and again um that seemed that that seems seamless to me yeah for me so the comedy specials in general are it's changing the way things are so like you still have the big names doing like an hour but you have a lot of people that are just doing a half an hour. I, I, I think it's Scott Drew or Drew Scott. I can't remember. The, I was listening to an interview with a comic a couple of days ago, and he's doing, instead of doing one hour-long special, he's doing like a thirty, you know, two or three 30-minute specials in a oh, year. Okay. Um, and I, I also think at our level, it, it the water's muddied because it's so easy to self-produce mm-hmm. an album. You know, yes, yes. Uh, a good sounding mic is not that expensive. Uh, having your nice camera, your your friend's nice camera from a different angle, and recording that is it's a lot easier to. And if you're just doing audio, that's even easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I do think that it it changes the dynamic. So you don't necessarily have to drop every single joke if. If all you're doing is publishing a, a 15 minute mini special on Spotify, and you're not a big name, probably and a lot of people are not gonna hear it. You know, yeah, not true. to be rude yeah. or you know, like no. it's just um, I don't know. For me, I'm my strength is my material right now. So I would, if I was gonna do a special, 
my goal right now is to have a 15 to 20 minute set that I, if, if you had a show this weekend Mm -hmm. and somebody dropped out and you were like, I need somebody, I could do it. I don't have to worry about trying to memorize it. You know, I, I know it, the material really well and I can say, okay, I'm comfortable with this. I can be relaxed on the stage. I can do your show. Um, and I probably have that. I just have to like pull the material together and memorize it. Yeah. Um, but until I get better at the crowd work, it would be almost all material. I think that's my personal strength. Whereas yours is, you know, right now yours is just doing crowd work and and improvising, you know, and there, I can't remember his name. It's old, old school comic. Uh, he's, he did a, in fact, I've heard of at least two that do just crowd work specials where there's no prepared material. Of course, I think a lot of comics have stuff that's worked in the past. They kind of put, they call it crowd work, but Mm -hmm. it's jokes they've done before. But it is, like I said at the top of this, it's like a, it's such a different art form. You know, and and when you're a a rounded comic, you're doing both. So it's a combined art form. But what what I consider doing stand-up comedy and, and going an open mic and what I'm trying to do is so different from yours that it, you know, like what you would do is different than what I would do at this point. You know, maybe eventually we'll both kind of, I mean, I'm old, so I'll probably be in an old folks home with dementia before no. I get there. But yeah, you know, right. like, uh, no. yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's, I get, it's different, you know, for every comic. It, it is very different. Yeah. That's, 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 that's good. Because I, I keep asking myself that I keep asking, you know, I, I, you said take the whole 30 and go strong and, you know, if you were planning yours, you would take a little, little, maybe a little bit in that of crowd work, you know. But I, I don't want, I don't want to have to rely on that. And I think that's where I gotta envision myself. I have want to envision myself, you know, maybe five, six months from now, where I need to yeah. be. I know where I need to be, and I don't want. Again, I mean, I understand. You know, you guys say, hey, you know, it's a great, great thing to have that tool, but I don't want to cheat myself yeah. out of the big jokes because it could be that one night where I got other stuff on my mind or I'm tired or whatever. And I just not going to be good at improving. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well these people paid 10 bucks to get in here and you're never going to get booked here again because you just improv. Yeah. It was horrible. And I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. Cause like I said, I did the, did the, the one on the seventh. And like I said, the first eight minutes was solid, solid. And then the last 12 minutes, you know, got a couple laps here or there. I don't want to leave them on a high and then they, they, they you yeah, get, yeah. go high and yeah. then at the end of it, like, yeah, he started off good. And then at the end it was kind of blah. Yeah. I, I think a, yeah. a good booker is going to, I think it's a two way street. So you have to be honest with the booker about how much time you can do. Mm-hmm. Like if you know, you don't have like, if, if you feel more comfortable doing 10 minutes, mm-hmm. tell the booker, I, I, I want to do the show, but can I do 10 minutes? Because mm-hmm. I feel like I can give a really strong 10 minutes. So you get, as the comic, you have to be honest as the booker. You have to be honest as, as well. Mm-hmm. So don't, you need to set up your show for success and set up the comic for success. Mm-hmm. There was a show that used to happen once a month here in Waco. I won't name drop anybody because uh, this is a, a negative thing I'm saying, but they the the person who hosted or produced it would have and i think they would have a lot of comics because so many comics will drop off Mm -hmm. on any show so you book a whole bunch of comics and hope that most of them show up they would have so many comics that the show would run so long and they would not 
put a new person up there and say, you get five minutes. They would give everybody like 10 or 15 minutes. Even a brand new you know, comic that probably shouldn't be on a showcase at all, but definitely should not be doing 15 minutes of stand-up comedy. And what it did was it really, it made the comics look bad. Mm-hmm. It made the comedy show bad. And it made, it, it gave people a bad taste. Like I've had people come to various comedy shows that I've produced or been a part of um, and and people like at the shows Alex put on and people come up to you after the show and are like, that was a real comedy show. That was really good. I was surprised. I thought it was just going to be, you know, like mm. whatever, you know, just whatever, you know, not a real comedy show or bad comics and they're surprised. And, and part of that is, you know, part of it probably is that this is Brownwood, you know, who's going to yeah. come here. But the other part is that people have been burned before. And yeah. so I, I do think it is a matter of you being, you know, as, as a comic, being honest with the booker and the booker doing what's best for their show as, in, as opposed to like, well, if I tell Gary that he can do 15 minutes because I don't want to tell him I think you can only do five, I'm going to hurt his feelings. So yeah. I'm just, you know, like... And I'm just using Gary as an example because he backed out of, of us when he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Not that we don't make fun of him enough already, but yeah. I think, and, and another thing, like if you're talking about a showcase, you want to do, you want to do well so that the audience has a good time. You want to do well so that the booker will book you again. You want to do well so that the other comics that are on comedy shows or run comedy shows, they'll invite you. Mm-hmm. You want to, the venue to, to enjoy it you want everybody that paid. So you want to do well. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a one time thing. Like it's, it's not, it, it's out once it's done, it's done. So if you have a bad set, you, you, whatever your jokes didn't hit, it, it does not necessarily mean if the booker's good they're and they know you, they're not going to just say, I'm never going to book that guy again, unless that person just gets up and drops the C bomb and is super offensive and racist, homophobic, whatever, like just totally just, way beyond whatever means. Um, but a comedy, if you're talking about a, a special, and I, you guys may know this already, but even some of the smaller labels like down in Austin, uh-huh. when they record a comedy special, it's not just a one-time thing where they just record one set. They record a couple, of, at least a couple, like they'll do it a, a Friday night and a Saturday night, they'll, and they'll do the same jokes. And the if it's a video, the comic wore the same exact clothes, yeah. And they will splice and dice. Like this joke did better on this night, so we're gonna put this joke oh, okay. from cool. this night. And so because wow. I have some friends, there's a a label in Austin called Sure Thing. Um, I believe Duncan Carson and Brennan K. O'Grady run that whole. It's a comedy show. It's an out uh, a record label. Um, I mean, I'm old. I called it a record label, <laughs> but it's a, a label and. Um, a couple of the people that I used to do comedy with down in Austin have, have recorded albums and they do at least two shows and they, they, they'll, they'll take the best from each one or whatever. And so it, if you, you're asking like, Oh, do would you do like a 25% improv and 75, you would record those two albums and take, like if you had 20 minutes of really good improv, you take that 20 minutes. Cause it's, it, you know, and then, mm, you know, it's I so, yeah. It it it's a lot more produced than it's not people that don't know think it's okay they Dude, this is the date we're going to record take, it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that's yeah, that's that's very that's very good knowledge to know because I've been wanting to, you know, uh 
give myself a date. I think I gotta yeah. give myself deadlines, like to be like, all right, five months, you gotta have yeah. this done because you're gonna record this and just put it out there. Yeah, I think I think it's it's important to have short term and long term goals. Yeah. So like, if you're talking about having a comedy album, I want to have it by this time or whatever. But don't let that be the only thing. Like have more short-term goals mm-hmm. and and I always feel like and I bring it up a lot where you have at least one whether it's oh, I haven't done stand-up in a few weeks I just want to get on the stage or um you know I've got this new bit always have something that you want to work on that way if there's no crowd so if if I'm gonna you know be there on Wednesday and my goal is to make eye contact with somebody and, and have a little like short conversation with them sometime during my set, even if it's, whether it's funny or not, if everything else bombs, nobody's there, whatever, at least I, I did the thing. And, and when I first started, it was as simple as I keep forgetting to move the mic stand. So I'm, I'm going to move the mic stand behind me. Mm-hmm. So it's not distracting and then tell my jokes like it. So oh, I, okay. I do think, um, setting like having your long term like oh i want to be famous or i want to be on a tv show or i want this like your overarching long-term goals but also having some short you know that way you're not you're a little more focused but you're also not feeling like you're not making progress yeah because it's those little things in the short term that are going to get you to that big thing and this is yeah. and i thank y'all for for all of this because you know i think this just opened up my mind to something that i never really thought about i don't even know what my goals are in comedy to be honest with you i mean i just love doing it and love watching it and so yeah now i gotta go yeah. home and get me a vision board and get long-term and short-term goals because i really yeah. have no idea yeah and for me it's and I, I don't know for me, you, yeah, we but for me, it's that. more like a hobby. So yeah. I don't have like this long-term goal of being famous or being on yeah. a TV show, but I do have some short, because what, what do I want from comedy? I want to do showcases with my friends. Yeah. I want to do open mics. How am I going to get invited to more showcases is coming out to the open mics. Um, I, I've got to get out of my mindset of being a hermit and go support people's shows. Even if not, I'm not on the show, especially if it's in Waco, mm-hmm. I don't have an excuse and I need to have a consistently funny, you know, not every single time it's never going to be funny, but something that I can pull out and, and go to a show and give the booker and the audience and the, and the, the venue owner, uh, I've done my job. Mm -hmm. You're paying me. I've completed the work, you know? And so it doesn't, and it can change. It doesn't have to be, a very super specific. I'm a, I want to be on Saturday night live or I want to, it, it can just be right now. My goal is to record an hour long special. How do I get to that? What, what do I need to do now? I need to get 15 minutes of material, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we've talked about this before. I, I had a comic when I first started say, if you write five minutes of good material a month at the end of the year, that's an hour of good material. And so, you know, maybe that's, you know, that's your goal is to have by the end of the year, an hour of good material, you know, and then take that out hour into the next year and make it a half an hour, that whole hour, shrink it into a half an hour of like gold, gold material, you know, and, and adjust. Don't, don't feel like a failure because you didn't do this or do that, you know, adjust, you know, and and be kind to yourself and and that's all you can do. That's great. No, that's definitely great. Definitely. Well, and, we're looking forward yeah. to the special. Yeah. Let us know when it drops. Uh, June 
82. All right, got gotcha. you. Yeah. 2082. All yeah. right. on the calendar. <laughs> if you can, like, put the the entire special, transcribe it using the Ouija board, because I'll be in in purgatory or hell or whatever I'm going to go. No, nope. yeah, everybody yeah. goes to heaven. <laughs> I hope. Duh. Yeah, I, I, too. I, I believe that. I just, I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that was a, a good conversation. I think we, we, uh, I think we've I think we've helped each other. Oh yeah, because for sure. I, I've I've got a new goal for Wednesday, and I think you've yes, you know you've, you've you got a. Yeah. So uh, do we have any closing uh, whatever's that we want to say? <laughs> closing? No, yeah, I, I, I want to say closing arguments, but yeah. we're not arguing. <laughs> yeah, Your Honor. Any uh, final um, thoughts before we uh, close no. things out? Mm. Uh, yeah. Always enjoyed working with you. Can't wait oh, yeah. to do it again. Thank yeah. you. Hey, same here. He's uh, never said that to me, so <laughs> you should feel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thank you guys. Um, I thank you guys so much for everything, and just thank you for helping me grow. Thank you for having me here. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, whenever I get famous, I'm I'm not trying to get famous. I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to get famous. But you know, but I, if there's any way that I can, you know, help you all in anything, please let me yeah. know because I'm down yeah. for it. Like if you need like thug number two to be in like one of your skits or something, okay, gotcha. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I look forward to, to seeing you. I know what your real goal. You, you're not saying it, but your goal is to turn this comedy career into an acting career yes. to be on as the world turns. Or is that the one you? No, is that all the, my children. All my children. All my children. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. that that happens, oh my god, I'm gonna pass out. Okay. No, I'm yeah, sorry. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Let's put that. When I uh, masturbate onto a sigil, t- sigil tonight, I'm going to think about Bernard being on all my children. <laughs> you got a sigil times two because I don't sigil. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got a sigil for, for both of us, like, like a pregnant lady that's got to eat for for two. I've got to come oh, for two. <laughs> man, I might start sigiling. I need a. Yeah, I, I need to. Yeah. Well, what is the stuff that's supposed to make it like? more productive like eating pineapple there's things that you're supposed to eat that's that makes to, it sweeter really yeah. i don't know i've never tasted it i get weird ads on facebook maybe oh. it's just bullshit <laughs> i don't know okay <laughs> all right well this uh thank you so much for coming i know it's a long drive oh, thank you. um and you're probably hungry because your your wife went to ihop but yeah but didn't take you so <laughs> no she, yeah. she got the kids they, oh. They, they just oh man yeah they, they just pulled up Everybody. right yeah all right yeah. all right well um yeah, so uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, all the nice things you said about us and being so welcoming, it's a two-way street. Like, if you weren't such a, a great guy, like, we would treat you like we treat Gary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't don't give us all the credit. You deserve some credit, too. So my name is Adam Wolf, and I'm here with my co-host. Justin Marino. And, and Bernard Blackman. And we thank you for listening. Hope you learned something. Love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to They Said I'm Funny. Uh, you can email us at they said I'm funny at gmail.com. You can find our social media on Twitter. You can find us at They Said I'm Funny. And on Facebook, search for our page, They Said I'm Funny. You can also give us a call on our Google Voice number. Uh, that number is 254 294 6032. That is 254 254- Two nine four six zero three two, and thanks again for listening.